chapter 18, verse 10. We've been talking about, amen, faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. We're talking about the fact that the Almighty God and His name are one. And His name can do anything He can do. And you can't separate God or Jesus from their name. Come on, say amen, somebody. So Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 reads, For the name of the Lord, Yahweh, is a what? Is a what? Strong tower. And what do we do? Come on, do I have any righteous people in this room? What do the righteous people do? Run into and they are what? What are we running into? The tower. Walter did a good job. Good job, Walter. <laughs> Some of y'all are a little hesitant. <laughs> Hallelujah. It said the righteous run into it and then are saved. Because why? The name is a tower. And we know this is also referring to Psalms 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place. So when I'm in that name, I'm in the what? Secret place of the what? Of the Most High. And when I'm in that name, I abide where? Under the shadow of the Almighty. What we're talking about? We're talking about the name, folks. Come on, say your neighbor, tell your neighbor, we're talking about the name. Turn to Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 quickly. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. The name above every name. Come on. Philippians 2.10 reads that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. At what name? Come on, what's that name? Come on, what's that name? So when I say the name of Jesus, guess what? His presence is in the name. He's in the name. Come on, say amen. God the Father, Holy Ghost is in that name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee shall what? Bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue should what? Confess that what? Jesus Christ is Lord to who? To the glory of the Father in that what? Name. Somebody say in the name. Come on, say in the name. He said at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Let's stop right there. In the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Say it again. In the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Say it one more time. In the name of Jesus, every knee should. Should what? Bow. Why? Because demons have to bow to the name of Jesus. Sickness has to bow to the name of Jesus. Come on, say amen, somebody. It didn't say might. It didn't say maybe tomorrow. It says when I mention the name of Jesus, everything must what? Everything must what? Everything must what? But it's not just the name we've been talking about. It's faith in the name. Because you can mention the name all you want, but you don't have the faith in the name. You're just saying an empty word. You got to have what? Faith in the name. Hallelujah. Somebody say faith in the name. Now, some of us know the redemptive names of God, like Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Nisi, our victory and our banner. Come on, say amen, somebody. But we're going to center in on one of the names 
And that's Jehovah Sabaoth. Somebody say Sabaoth. Who is he? The Lord of the hosts. Come on. He's the Lord over all the armies of heaven. Come on, say all of them. Come on, say all of them. Now, we must understand why it is so, listen, we must understand why it's so vitally important to walk in love. Let's say that one more time. We must understand why it's so vitally important to walk in love. Whether you like it or not, it's an order. It's a command. It's not optional. Even though we think it's optional. It's not optional. Whether you feel like it or not, it's not optional. Whether you want to or not, it's not optional. Why? Because the commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, he commanded you to walk in love. Come on, say amen, somebody. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord, folks. And we have a what? A command. And what's that commandment? Walk in what? Love. But it is so very vital to what we're going to talk about today. Tell your neighbor, it's very vital. Tell another neighbor, it's very vital. See, the phrase, Lord of the host, Lord of angelic forces, is used 261 times. Let's say it again. The phrase, Lord of the host, or Lord of the angelic forces, is used how many times? 261 times. The angels of God, listen, the angels of God are the agents of God. Say it again. The angels of God are the what? The agents of God. And there are many times where God says, I'll do something. But it's an angel that carries it out. You got to understand the work of an angel, folks. Once again, God said, I'll do something, but it's the angel that's what? Carrying it out. We'll go to John 14, 10. John 14, 10. And it reads, Believe it thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. He what? He doeth the works. Listen, he dwells in all of us that are born again in this room. Amen. Say it again. He dwells in all of us that are what? Born again in this room. But you have to understand that the angels are the agents in many cases. Somebody say angels. Give me an example. There was a man that said he woke up in the middle of the night. And he said when he woke up, there was a man standing over him with his hands in his chest. Are you listening to me out here? And when he woke up and seen the man, the man said, go back to sleep. Everything's going to be all right. He went back to sleep. He woke up the next morning with a brand new heart. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me out here. See, it was the Lord that gave him a brand new heart. But it was an angel that was the agent. An angel was the surgeon. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me in here. 
The angel was the what? The surgeon. Go to Psalm 68, 17. That's what it says in Psalm 68, 17. It said, the tears of God are 20,000, even thousands of what? Thousands of what? And the Lord is what? The Lord is what? Among them in Sinai in the holy place. See, the angels accompany the Lord. They are the agents. Tell neighbor, they are the agents. And see, we know by the authority of the word of God in the New Testament, this room right now is full of angels. It's full of angels. Every one of you brought an angel with you. Go to Matthew 18.10 if you don't believe me. This room was full of angels. Matthew 18, verse 10. Look what he says here. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven, their angels do always what? Behold the face of my Father, which is where? In heaven. So that means everyone has an angel assigned to them in this earth. You had an angel assigned to you when you were born in this earth. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. And listen, we have a personal angel. Now, if you're in ministry, you have a personal ministry angel. And as your ministry grows, you have other angels assigned to that angel to carry out what you're doing. Did you get that? I want me to say it again. Say it again, okay. If you're in ministry, you have a personal ministry angel. And as your ministry grows, you have other angels assigned to that angel to carry out what you're doing. And see, really, nobody in here just got one. Why? Because every one of you are assigned to do something. You may not be doing it. Just smile. I want they want nobody know I'm talking about you. <laughs> but everybody's assigned to do something. Go to Psalms 91. Look at verse 9. But nobody has just one angel. Psalms 91, verse 9. Notice it says here. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, my habit habitation. There shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. For he's given his what? He's given his what? Angels to do what? Charge over me. It didn't say angel. It said what? Angels charge over me to do what? To keep me in all thy ways. They shall what? Bear thee up in thy hands lest they dash their foot. Who's going to bear me up? Well, let's read this from the Message Bible, though. Makes it a little bit more clear. Listen to this, verse 10. Start with verse 10. Message Bible. It says, evil can't get close to you. Let's say it again. It says, evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through your door. Okay. <laughs> you didn't hear what I just said. He just said, evil can't get close to you. 
and harm can't even get through your door. Why? Verse 11, he ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. Oh, come on. And don't stop there. We're talking about this great God we're trying to sing about. We're getting nobody to raise a hand on, but uh, we're talking about that great God. But he goes on to say, verse 12, if you stumble, they'll catch you. Why? It says their job is to keep you from falling. Or somebody say, thank you, God. Angels are for real, folks. He said he ordered his angel to guard you wherever you go. And their job is to keep you from falling. But you have to put them to work. Let me say it again. You have to put them to work. Understand this. When you experienced a miracle, like a replacement of a kidney, a replacement of a lung, come on. What happens? Jesus, the healer, the miracle worker, the great physician, has his assistant carry out the procedure. Who's that assistant? An angel. Somebody say an angel. One of the great men of God that we studied in the pistols was a man by the name of William Branham. And he had some marvelous miracles that took place in his ministry. But he talks about the angel that worked with him. He was aware of an angel that worked with him when the miracles were being performed. Are you with me out there? And see, the Bible tells us that angels have the ability to excel in strength. In other words, they can get stronger and stronger and stronger, but you are the determining factor. Go to Psalms 103, verse 20. Somebody say, I'm the determining factor. We ain't talking sci-fi in here. Hello. This is not a sci-fi station. <laughs> For you sci-fi lovers. <laughs> Psalms 103.20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his what? Angels that what? That do what? Excel in strength that do his what? That do his what? That do his commandments hearkening unto the voice. Of his word. And we just read in John 14 10 where Jesus said, Believe it thou that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. What he doeth the work. See, your voice <laughs> determines whether or not they excel in strength. That's when you only speak what you hear God said. Come on, come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. And see, when you speak what God says, it's like spinach to them. For those of you that ever watched Popeye. 
<laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. But when you speak contrary to what God says, they said idle. And then you put other forces to work on what just came out of your mouth. Are you listening to me out there? Amen. See, they hearken unto the voice. They hearken unto the voice. They hearken unto the what? Go to 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Remember we talked about, just, I just mentioned that your love walk is so vitally important. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. We know this is the love chapter. And this is why Satan will do everything he can. He'll do everything he can conceive to get you out of your love walk. That's why this continues to be one of your biggest challenges. I'm glad I got one amen. I should got amen to this whole crowd. Because y'all know y'all, y'all got issues. <laughs> I got one amen, Miss Vincent. Everybody else here. <laughs> Come on, glory to God. Amen. But he says here, though I speak with the tongues of men and of and of and of and have not charity, I become a what? Sounding brass. And a tinkling symbol. See, when you walk in love, when you walk in love, it says here, you speak in the tongues of men and you speak in the tongues of angels. When you walk in love. Are you listening to me out there? See, when you walk in love, it's not just sounding brass or tinkling symbol, folks. When you what? When you what? When you walk in love. Go with me to Malachi, Malachi chapter 1 verse 11. See, when you walk in love, you're not just a bunch of noise. Amen. Looking spiritual. Hallelujah. When you walk in love, you're saying something. You're sounding like something. You're moving something. You're changing something. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because your love is powering it. Let me say it again. Your love is powering it. Are you with me out there? Malachi 1, 11. Here in Malachi, the Lord of hosts is used in this book 22 times. Someone say 22 times. Let's look at verse 11. It says, from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down to the same my name. Somebody say my name. Come on, say my name. My name shall be great among the Gentiles, and every place incense shall be offered unto my, unto my name. And a pure offering for my, for my name shall be what? Great among the heathen. Save who? Save who? 
Well, look at all this. It says, from the rising of the sun and the going down to the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and every place incense shall be offered unto my name and pure offerings, for my name shall be great among the heathen. Well, who's doing all this? Who's going to make all this happen? Who's going to see to it? Angels. Somebody say angels. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of the armies of angels. Look at Malachi 3.10. Do we have any tithers in the room? Have more, more noise from this side than that side. Do we have any tithers in the room? He said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now here will save who? The Lord of who? Host, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. This is our rebuke to devour for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast their fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of what? Host, because why? He's going to make sure your angels are watching over your harvest. It says, all nations shall call you blessed. Come on, say I'm blessed. Come on, say I'm blessed. All nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be what? Delightsome land, save who? Save who? Save who? The Lord of hosts. Now, this was back then in the Old Testament. Well, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. It was good back then. Well, let's bring it back up. Hebrews 1, 14. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Notice what it says here. Are they not all menacing spirits sent forth to minister for them who should be heirs of what? Of what? Of salvation. Well, do I have any heirs of salvation in here? Well, he says they were what? They were sent forth to minister for you. They were sent forth to minister for you. Come here, he's talking about, he's not just talking about a couple ages. He's talking about all the angels that God created to minister in this earth. Once again, we know, we know this. When Adam fell, we talked about this. Amen. When Adam fell, we know we have the Jacob's ladder effect. Where angels are going what? To and fro, but they're going to and fro strictly on assignment. Because they were kicked off the earth. Adam seen to that. Amen. That's the way, that's the way it worked in there. But we also read that, you know, we read about that in Malachi, but that's not the case anymore. That's not the case anymore when it comes to angels. Matter of fact, on the day of Pentecost, go to Acts. Well, leave it to Hebrew 114. Matter of fact, on the day of Pentecost is when this scripture came into effect. Let me say it again. On the day of Pentecost is when he sent forth the angels to minister for you that are heirs of what? Salvation. Are you with me out there? That's when they were sent forth where? On the day of Pentecost. Now let's go to Acts chapter 2 verse 2. See, that was the noise that they heard. That was the what? 
noise that they heard when them angels were sent forth back into earth's atmosphere. Acts 2 2 says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. See, that sound was those menacing spirits that were sent forth and filled the atmosphere. Hey, we're coming back. And what made this a terrible day for Satan is because why? Because the heavenly hosts took their place back in the earth, folks. And that's what Satan saw between the cross and the throne that ruined his life. Read it again. Hebrews 1.14. Let's read it again slowly. Go back. It says, are they not all menacing spirits sent forth to what? Minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. That's you and me, folks. That's you and me. And guess what? They're here right now. Let me say it again. They're here right now. They're in here right now. And guess what? They'll do their part. Let me say it again. They'll do their part. Because the question is, is Jesus the great physician? Is Jesus the shepherd? Is he the Lord of hosts? Come on. See, when you call on the great physician, he immediately goes to work. Let me say he immediately goes to work. Come on. See, you are the only one that can cut him off. When you start hoping instead of believing. Let me say, are you listening to me? You cut him off. Amen? You make your angels idle. But will cut him off quicker than anything else. Quicker than anything else is unforgiveness. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Go to Mark eleven twenty three. 23. My wife's favorite passage. See, the only thing Jesus said about hindering faith is in here. Mark eleven twenty three. Give you time to get there. Mark eleven twenty three. It says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you that what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Somebody say, I'll take that. But then it says, and. You know, we're, you know we do some shouting. Whatsoever things I desire when I pray, believe that I receive my car and I shall have it. Believe I receive my house and I shall have it. But we keep forgetting the end. That says and. 
Doesn't and connect something before and something after? For you English scholars, come on. You college students. <laughs> Amen. It says, and when you stand praying, when I'm standing up there, When I stand praying, do what? Do what? Do what? Forgive if you have ought against any. Does that leave anybody else out? Then he says what? That your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But don't stop there. He says, but. <laughs> Come on, we got an and and a but here. Come on, and and a but. And <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your what? Your trespasses. The question is, why is love, the love business so vitally important? Why? Because the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the angels, and the devil are all involved, and you are the deciding witness. Let me say that one more time. The reason the love business is so vitally important because the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the angels, and the devil are all involved, and you are the deciding witness. Come on. You're deciding witness whether the fire shows up on your behalf, burns or either gives you blessing. Or where the, go, go to Exodus 3.1. See, we're, you know, this is where the fire comes from, folks. We're when Bo Moses was on the backside of the desert. Amen. Anybody remember that? Anybody read that fire? <laughs> Got to ask these things. You know, people don't read their Bible, you know. <laughs> I know that, Bob. I ain't going to ask you still reading your chapter today. He come by my shed. I got only about five people. Exodus 3.1. <laughs> now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even Horeb. And said, verse 2 says what? And the angel, now you can understand. Can you see it now? It was the angel of the Lord, what? Appeared to him in a flame because the angels are the, the angel of the what? Are the agents of God. I said, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in what? In a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the what? The bush was burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. See, it was the angel of the Lord that set the bush on fire, but it wasn't physical fire. It was the glory of God that set that bush on fire, folks. It was the what? Angel. Somebody say angel. And see, you need angels all the time. 
Say it again. You need angels. You need your angels all the time. Somebody say all the time. Especially your prosperity angel. They are real folks. And they are big. And they are at your command. Somebody say they're at my command. But once again, you are the deciding factor. You're the deciding factor of the fire for your particular situation. Walking in love and forgiveness. Walking in love and forgiveness. See, you think, you know, this is, I can do what I want to do. Well, this is not Burger King. And have it your way. Your way is going to get you broke. Your way is going to get you sick. Come on. Are you listening to me out here? Give me an example. There was a man and he had, he was a pastor. And he had to have $300,000. Because his church was in a lease purchase agreement. Now, the bank didn't want him to have the, that property because why? It had gone way up in value. Amen? So he was preaching in another city, and he was in his hotel room getting ready to go to the service. And he heard his door open. And he was thinking they must have given somebody my key to my room by mistake. Because he heard his door open. So he turned around to see who came in his room. And he said, when he turned around, the ceiling disappeared. And see, that was a manifestation of the word of knowledge on a very high level. Someone say very high level. He saw it. Amen. He saw it. Somebody say he saw it. See, when you see it, it's more than just knowing something. You saw it. Come on, say you see it. So he said the ceiling disappeared. He said if the ceiling wouldn't have disappeared, those guys' head would have been above the ceiling. And he said they were standing there. And while they were standing there, they were armed. And he asked them, he said, who are you? And they said, we're your angels. And we come to help you get this situation fixed. So it was natural. He said, wonderful. And they just stood there. He said, what you waiting on? <laughs> they said, we're waiting on the command. His lightning fast mind said, go! <laughs> Why? Because you have to understand, we have the name of Jesus, folks. Somebody say, we have the name of Jesus. Look at Ephesians 1.20. We're going to get back to that. We have the name of Jesus. Ephesians 1.20 says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand where? In heavenly places far over what? All principality, power, mind, dominion. And every name that is named, not on this world, but also that in, in that which is what? To come. So we have a name above what? Principality. Power. Rules. The darkness of this world. Look at Ephesians 6.12. That's the rest of that scripture. 
So his name is above principality, power, might, and dominion. Ephesians 6, 12. It says, for wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness where in high places. See, when we study this, we always study this from the demonic side. But you have to understand, Satan did not invent this. If you turn that around, what we see here goes to the lowest and highest rank. See, if you invert that, that they are what? They are principalities and powers. See, God has ranks of angels. Somebody say God has ranks of angels. Matter of fact, go to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. Remember when Elisha was giving the king of Israel intel? <laughs> On the, on, the, on the enemy, supernaturally. Amen. The king got upset. He said, who's telling my secrets? We got a spy in here. <laughs> Second Kings 6.8. So the king of Syria warred against Israel. And he took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such place shall be my camp. And a man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware. <laughs> That thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which, which, which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor what, twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was so troubled for this thing, he called his servant and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Who, where's the spy at? Who's the spy in here? Like they're going to say, me. <laughs> like somebody's going to actually raise their hand. <laughs> it was me, king. <laughs> and one of the servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in your bedchambers. And he probably dummy went to start checking, probably checking his closets. Come on. <laughs> and he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. Notice the enemy had a great host. And when the servant of the man of God was risen up early, I can imagine, I can see him now. Oh, man, the sun probably just now coming out. Oh, stretching out on the balcony. He looks up, and he sees all these armies on my front lawn. Come on, say amen, somebody. I said, he, he, he going forth, and behold, he said, a host come past the city. Both with horses, and just, they're coming just for one man. For one man. Horses and chariots. And the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? <laughs> and he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. 
And I'm pretty sure the service in them said, what is he talking about? Maybe he ain't went out and looked out the window. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if he had a, he had a cell phone with a, with a camera on it, he would have took a picture and said, Master, do you see? <laughs> Doing a selfie. Come on. <laughs> Amen. And verse 17 says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And he what? Saw. I pray the Lord open some of your eyes in this room so you see something. And he said, behold, the mountain was full of horses, full of chariots of fire, round about Elisha, the man of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? It's the Asians that bring the fire, folks. And it says in verse 18, when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite these people. I prayed he with blindness, and he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Come on, he prayed to the Lord. It said the Lord smote them with blindness, but who were the agents that actually carried out the act? The angels carried out the command. Are you listening to me out here? Come on, y'all, what is me? You see, we have to be more aware of angels. I didn't say sit up there pray. I want to see my angels. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> it was the angels saying there was angels. But it says, according to the voice or the word of Elisha. Come on, say amen, somebody. They are waiting for your command, folks. They're doing what? I see, we know the name of Jesus has authority in the whole realm. But they're not going to do anything without that command. If you don't even know that they're there, how are you going to command something you don't even know they're there? That's why you're in here today. That's why the people that should have been here are not in here today, but you're in here. Come on, are you with me out here? Because you need to know they're waiting on your command. But they can't do anything against your unbelief. They can't do anything when you're griping, crying, complaining. And your refusal to obey the laws of the kingdom. They can't do anything. Tell your neighbor they can't. Why? Because they're just bound. You bind your enemies by how you act and what you say. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Amen. So going back to the story, that man said, go. And he said they just disappeared. Well, it came down to the deadline, 
And he and the lawyer are, are walking the floor back and forth, trying to figure out what we're going to do, what we're going to do. We need $300,000. And the secretary called and said, there's somebody out here to see you. He said, I don't want to see nobody right now. I'm thinking about what we're going to do about the $300,000. She said, you better go talk to this guy. This man comes in in a jogging suit. He was out jogging, folks. And he said, I heard you preach once before. And he said, man, you scare me. <laughs> and he said, I didn't like what you preached at all. But I was out jogging this morning. And I couldn't even go back to change clothes I had to bring you this cashier's check for $300,000. Somebody said, you better say, I take that. Now the whole bill was $500,000. And they were having some kind of meeting later on. And they were praising God, and they are talking about the rest of this money that they needed. And the man that was speaking spoke to the man that had given the $300,000. And he didn't know the man that gave $300,000. He spoke to the man, and he said, it seems to me like you need to sow into this. Well, the guy that needed the money was over there saying, He already given $300,000. Come on, he's trying to get the speaker's attendance. You don't have to ask him for no more money. And the guy that gave the $300,000 said, yes, you're right. The Lord told me $500,000. And I only brought three. What's happened? Those angels wouldn't get off his case. And they paid off that building because the man came back up with the other $200,000. Oh, are y'all listening to me out here? And Papa Hagan taught years ago, and he said, we have angels that are sent forth to raise money for your ministry. God has angels that he has to raise money that you need. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me out here. But if you don't stay on that love walk, it won't work. So you really have to deal with that, folks. Tell you, you really got to deal with that. And the only way to deal with it is you got to deal with it every day. Day until you get to the place that it is such a habit of walking in love that you don't allow yourself any other kind of walk. You just don't allow it. You just don't allow it. You just won't allow it. Say your neighbor, I won't allow it. And here's something else. Know exactly, know exactly, not what you can get by with. But go before the Lord and stay there until you know, until you know, you know what you need to accomplish what you need to accomplish. 
Write it out. Write out exactly what you need. Don't hold back on quality. Don't hold back on quality for Mayor Sam. <laughs> I don't care if it's one million, two million, three million, or more. Don't get in shock about the price. See, God never told you to pay for it. All God told you to do is believe for it. Do you hear me? Come on, do you hear me? So write it out. Lay it before the Lord. If you want to, take communion over it. Come on, pray the prayer of petition. What does it say in 1 John 5, 14? Come on, are you with me in here? 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we desire of him. See, you know it's his will because why? You got it out of the word. Listen, folks, it's not God holding back on you. It's the devil. He'll bind your money. But he can't if you use the name. But he can't if you use the name. But he can't if you use, what's that name? Come on, what's that name? He can't if you use the name, but you're going to have to spend some quality time studying the name in order to build faith in the name. See, it's not just the name. It's faith in the name. It's faith in the name that will kill cancer on the spot. Come on, are you with me out here? So you lay what you, lay what you, what you want, what you need before the Lord. And you say, Father, here's what we got to have. This is our minimum. And you know, and right now, we lay a faith claim on this. On our $4 million. It's ours in the name of Jesus. Then you say, Satan, take your hands off my money. Why? The moment you claimed it, it's yours. And see, this is the reason people get upset and get so mad over the prosperity message. And that's why they call us the blab it and grab it group. Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, the only thing Satan has going for him is the money threat. He threatens you with money. 
That's all you got to go on. He threatens you with what you don't have. He threatens you with what you don't ever think you won't ever going to get. Oh, come on with me. Come on. Matter of fact, when he hears you start talking like this, he'll raise up somebody to come against you. So you say, listen to me, Satan. Satan, take your hands off my $4 million right now. Then you take your Bible and you open up to it in the fifth place, chapter 2, verse 10. Show it to him. Show it to him. Say, wherefore God has highly what? Exalted him and given him a name which is about what? Every name that is the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow and every what? Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So he said, I take authority over you right now. I bind you. I tell you to bow your knees right now in the presence of Jesus. Because when I say the name, guess what? His presence shows up. So he said, get on your knees, Satan. Then you say, ministering spirits sent forth to minister for me. Go and get it in here. But you're not done yet. Say, neighbor, you're not done yet. Then you praise God. Like it's already done. So your, your angels are dancing right now. Why? The angels are right now dancing right now. Because why? This is what they were created to do. Are you listening to me out here? So I want you to do something for me. I want you to stand up. And give the Lord a shout. And some of y'all need to dance around a little bit. Some of y'all need to dance around a little because some of y'all believe in God for some big stuff. Hallelujah. 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 So begin to give God praise. Begin to give God glory. Come on, begin to give God honor. Come on, praise him like you already got it. Praise him like you already got your breakthrough. Praise him like you already got it. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him. Oh, we give you glory, Lord. Oh, we give you honor, Lord. Oh, we give you praise, oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, oh, Lord. Come on, your angels are waiting on you, folks. This is what I want you to do. Think about what you want right now. Come on. Put. He said, put a value to it right now. Don't be cheap. Put a value to it. Put a value to it. Put a value to it. 
put a value to it. Because whatever value you put to it, guess what? God said, I can do exceedingly. And abundantly. Above your minimum. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him glory. Come on, give him honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's say, Father. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that I believe, that I receive. Now, what is it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now say, right now, I lay faith claim on this right now. It's mine. It's mine. In the name of Jesus. Give God praise again. Now say, Satan, take your hands. Up my money. It's mine. It's mine. Take it off. Bow. Come to your knees. You spirit of poverty. Bow. You spirit of sickness. Disease. Bow. Now. Now say ministry spirits. Come on, they're waiting on your command. You better say this like you mean it. Ministering spirits. Ministering spirits. I release you right now. Bring it in. Now. Now give God praise like you believe it's already done. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, O Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You know, at the ministerial conference, 